Well, good evening. I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer, brought to you today and tonight by Chris Dental Family Dentistry. Uh, Michael Bratlin is one of our really good clients, <clears throat> loves to show people different things, and he's been bugging me for a while. What are parents who don't want to send their school, their kids to a brick and mortar school wearing a mask supposed to do uh, this fall? And uh, so then the other day, a friend of mine who works for the Willamette Connections Academy, um, contacted me out of the blue and said, have you ever heard of this? And I said, no. And so tonight we're going to introduce you to something that's a different option. We're not telling you not to go to public school. In fact, this is a public school. It's a public charter school. It's not, I think what a lot of parents are researching and trying to find something. And you had a bad experience with the brick and mortar schools uh, trying to do online because they didn't know what they were doing in the beginning. Um, that's what parents have told me. I don't have children in school anymore. Um, and this is a professional group that already has been doing this uh, for many, many years. So it's not a big change. So we're going to start with uh, Jim Hawkins. Uh, you're, you live in Eugene. Uh, you don't have to live anywhere anymore to do schools. <laughs> you can be anywhere in the whole world. So tell people like basically what is Willamette Connections Academy? Sure, sure. And uh, thanks for having me on. Oh, um, you're welcome. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we're a public school, right? We're a public charter school. Um, so we're uh, bound by the same kind of rules and regulations that your school down the street is as far as uh, testing. And uh, we're all certified licensed teachers. Most of us have master's degrees. Um, we're, you know, all experienced at doing this. And uh, what we do is what happens when you enroll and it's free, right? We're a public school. It's a free school. You've you get a computer, you get a whole bunch of curriculum, you get math books and it's all new, nice math books and workbooks and language arts and science and art supplies and a full curriculum. Um, and, and as long as you have an internet connection, um, you can come to class. So I teach, uh, I'm an elementary school teacher. I focus kind of on early elementary. I'll be doing second grade. So my kids come online, you know, kind of like we're doing here, only it's a very uh, specialized uh, platform. So they can interact, they can draw, they can use emoticons and chat, and it, it's a very cool system. Um, so it's, so not I, like Zoom, it's not like Zoom or something like that. This is more interactive than that. Yeah, so I know in the high school, and again, my lens is always kind of through the elementary and the early elementary uh, kids. Um, I know in high school, some of the teachers do use Zoom. It's a little, it works a little better for the older kids. Um, but for us, no, it's, it's uh, very interactive uh designed for kids right um so so when COVID hit last year it wasn't a big shock for you you guys didn't miss a beat you just kept going no no it's because yeah our kids like i say are, are working from home or a hotel or occasionally cars or uh kind of wherever they're at um so no for us you know obviously some kids had some you know there were mental issues and psychological and you know kids getting locked down but no we didn't miss a beat didn't miss a day uh just business as usual for us so what is the biggest misconception people have about what your school is what an online school what willamette connections academy is well i think a lot of people just don't know really anything about what we do um before covid you know our primary uh demographic were people that were students that uh, 
weren't succeeding at their local school. And so people would go out and look what, what other options are out there. And so they would research and word of mouth and that kind of thing. Um, and so if you don't take that step, I don't think people really know a lot of, a lot about it. Um, I know. So you, so you were getting students that um, were being bullied who didn't fit in maybe on the spectrum, um, you know, maybe really, really smart, weren't being challenged enough in the public uh, brick and mortar school. Um, you were getting kind of those kids and then with, when the COVID hit, you're getting everybody coming in. It's yeah. all. Yeah. The demographic changed, right? It was the people that were worried. Um, it was a lot of people that had bad experiences in the spring when the schools initially went online. Um, and which is natural. Our, you know, our local schools throughout the state have amazing teachers. Uh, you know, I have teacher friends. I've worked in the local school district. I have a daughter that goes to school. Um, they they did the best they could. They're great teachers. Right. They just did not have the resources or the knowledge to do what we do. Um, it was and, thrown on them, and they and yeah. and you had. I have teacher friends, and it was like, okay, so now what you guys have done for years, they're expected to pick up in three weeks and get back online like that. So Vicky wants to know, and and I don't want to go better or worse, but how is this different than like Bethel Online School or 4J's offering online school? How is this different than that? Um, It's something we've it's something we've specialized in, and I know the the schools that the school districts that have kind of started their own online are are hiring from within, so they're hiring teachers that don't have online experience, and they still don't have the resources and the systems that we have. Um, we're specialized in this. This is what we do, and I'm I'm not going to say anything negative about. It. Right. Our schools and I, or teachers or anything like that, because I love all of them. We all have the same goals for, for the kids in this state. Um, it, we're just we're we're just very experienced and we're very specialized. And this is what we do. How many hours per day? Depends on. So hours of total school or hours online or. Give us both because a parent Katie's asking. And so give us kind of both. What can you expect if you were to enroll in this? What would your children be talking with you or another teacher for how long? And then, and sure. then how much homework? Sure. So uh, it, it, it varies by age group, right? The younger you are, kind of the less you're doing. But for kind of elementary, you're looking at three and a half at the low end and then a half hour of PE on top of that up to four or five hours of schoolwork a day, right? And 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 the online piece, um, so I generally, you know, all my kids are required to come to my big class of the day, right? And that may be a math class or language arts or, or whatever it is. Um, and then we'll have small groups. And so that's usually scheduled for half an hour. I usually go 40 or 45 minutes because it's my favorite part of the day is working with my kids directly. And then we'll have small groups, uh, for kids that need extra support or advanced kids that need need some more engagement um, we'll do some one-on work kids with kids so uh so yeah kind of half an hour 45 minutes minimum a day most days um online uh, younger kids less uh i can't speak as much to the high school middle school level i think they probably have two or three classes a day online with teachers um and then the rest is we have some very interactive an interactive curriculum that's kind of computer-based, but then you have books and workbooks and science experiments and 
but yeah, it's about the it's the same amount of time as a kid that goes to the brick and mortar school is spending doing their schoolwork. Uh, but it can be very compressed because it's not 35 kids in a classroom running around. It's one kid. So, okay. So let me bring in Melanie uh, Feinke and her two daughters, and I'm going to put you guys up here so that I get cut off by the comments. So you guys are students and uh, a mom of two students that are currently in this online school. So tell me what this is giving your daughters that they weren't getting before. Yeah. So, um, the curriculum that Connections Academy has has been really, really great. Um, I think my favorite part is that, you know, the girls go to school on a daily basis and I have kind of my um, like parent view online and I actually get to see what each of them is working on regularly. Um, I see emails with their teachers. I can not only see the assignments that they have, but their course content and, and all of that. So it really has been great. Now, here's a question I want to ask you guys, because this is Leah asking the same thing. My main concern is socialization for my first grader. Are there personal options at all, in-person options? Or what are, how does that, how do you make up the difference? Because your two daughters are like track star aficionados. They're like probably <laughs> going to run in the Hayward Field one day and take a prize in the Olympics. Um, but but they, so how does the socialization piece work for you girls and or for mom? And any one of the three of you can answer that. Um, personally, I think I just contact with my um, old friends, you mean new friends at Connections Academy. There are other ways to directly talk to um, the people you would be talking to if you were at a brick and mortar school. Um, sports, there's a lot of ways you can socialize. I think my mom emailed somebody to try and get me to contact with other people from uh, Connections Academy to work with them. And I don't know. Yeah. It's something that my mom would have to explain. Yeah, the, the extracurriculars make a difference. So it's nice to you know be able to meet kids outside of school. Um, from what I understand, this last year was different than it would normally be where you know everything was distance and online. And they did some really cool field trips, but they were virtual field trips. Mm -hmm. Um, but my understanding is that they do regularly have in-person field trips, um, you know, when, when things are different. Um, and I think uh, that might be the plan this year, or at least something that they're thinking about, um, or possibly even, you know, next year. Um, and then it's one of those uh, things, you know, they have Facebook pages where you can connect with parents that are in your local area, so you can set up, um, you know, meetups with the kids and, and that sort of thing. So it is a lot different than brick and mortar, but there are some options to still socialize the kids. Yeah. Can students still play sports through their district? Yeah, that's a great question. So there was no middle school track this last year, so they didn't get that opportunity. We had to go through clubs. Um, but yeah, you if there is a track and field or other sports activities, you can go to your local school and, and they can participate in that. So what were you frustrated, Melanie, with? Why did you end up going here in the first place? Because this was pre-COVID when your daughters were going there, right? Yeah, well, not pre-COVID. So um, I looked into it pre-COVID just because they both done sports for a long time. Um, we did gymnastics, which takes, you know, it's, it's like a 35 hour a week practice schedule. Um, so I had considered Connections Academy before, but I hadn't pulled the trigger. And then COVID came around last year 
And so last summer I started looking into them again because I wanted a school that had experience with the online learning, um, but wasn't necessarily, you know, just kind of thrown into it and trying to figure it out. And I, you know, wanted to make sure that my kids didn't get behind. So. So um, just to answer Ashley, the question, yes, this is a charter school. It's a public school. So it's a charter, a public charter school. So um, how is this different then? Because I think people, I saw another question on here asking, um, how is this different than distance learning? Um, I did distance learning for quite a long time uh, in my sixth grade year. It was the last half of the year that I had to do distance learning. It's, it's very different. You are on a Zoom call for most of the day, probably about four or five hours of the day. You're sitting in front of a screen with your camera on, listening to your teacher, but it's, they don't know a whole lot about uh, distance learning or online learning. They're more into the in-person stuff because that's what they do all the time. So um, connections was a lot different because everybody's more experienced and they know what they're doing and you're not sitting in front of a screen all day talking virtually to your teacher. <laughs> yeah. Okay, what were you, you were starting to say something. I forgot your name, honey, the younger daughter. Bryn. Um, Bryn. <laughs> I was just, I was just agreeing with her. What, what is, what do you find, Bryn, that is different about this, the Willamette School? What, what is this different for you? Um, they have more experience and it's not as difficult because in our old school, um, they didn't know how to use the weird apps and now with connections academy they do it's a lot easier to learn so jim how much is how much interest are you guys getting with parents calling because i think there's a lot of parents just really desperate to find something um you know on online something to do because they uh they're you know it's just they, they want their kids and to get a better education than they did last year because last year was kind of a wash for a lot of parents that I know. Yeah, so we, we two years ago was our first uh, year as a school. Um, and, and we started with around 30 kids and I was the elementary school teacher. And I had around 75 by the end of the school year. Um, last year, we ended up with, I think around 24 elementary teachers. Um, and I think close to 3000 students from 30. <laughs> Um, and we expected growth, uh, a significant amount of growth, but of course, no one really expected what happened. Um, and, and I expect, uh, now with, uh, with the mask mandates for elementary school, particularly our younger kids, um, I think we're going to probably see another big burst in enrollment. Wow. 3000 kids. And so the, the cool thing about your school that it's like, um, there's one in uh, Paisley, Oregon too. There used to be, and they have kids from up and down the I-5 quarter. So you really are kind of mixing Eugene children with rural children, with people in Portland. So you're really getting a, an experience that's more than just your little neck of the woods. Is that kind of part of the richness for any, anybody can answer that. Is that kind of part of the richness of this whole program? Well, I, th I think it is kind of a cool part because our if you're a resident of the state of Oregon, you can you can enroll. Um, and so we get, you know, majorities up in the Portland area because that's the majority of people in Oregon. Um, but I've got a family I had the first year. I know I'm getting one of them. I'm excited, Eli, if you're watching. Um, a family that lives in a ghost town in eastern Oregon. Which one? Uh, 
I I don't have the name on the tip of my tongue. Sorry to throw a bad question at you. I, <laughs> That's I, I'm okay. in every ghost town in Oregon. I just want to know where this kid lives. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, we live in a ghost town. So we do. We get a lot of rural and, uh, you know, people spread all, you know, from the coast and eastern Oregon. Yeah, so they're they're all over the place. And it is fun. Um, it is cool. When we do have in-person field trips, and hopefully, again, it's kind of up to the state, um, it's cool to get them all together, but then some of the kids can't. If I have a field trip in Eugene, for instance, I get some of my kids can't make it. Um, but the year before, I had a, we went bowling, and I had a family from Tillamook drive down to Eugene for you know an hour and a half field trip. So <laughs> they do get excited to see their fellow students and their teachers and, and that kind of thing. So, Melanie, how much work is this for parents? I mean, honestly, is this like 4-H where I end up doing the whole pig project and my boys just watch? <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was watching the comments at the bottom of the screen. Um, so I think it's it's a lot different from homeschooling. I, I work full time um, and so does my husband. And so, you know, we, we wouldn't have time to homeschool, at least not effectively. Um, but the nice thing with Connections Academy is like Bryn has a dedicated teacher like she would if she were in a brick and mortar school. Um, and Addison has, you know, multiple teachers for different subjects. She's in middle school. Um, and so I, I can see what they're doing every day, but other than, you know, helping with the, the presentations and the projects and that kind of thing, like I normally would, um, I, I don't, I'm not responsible for their, you know, full, full education experience. I'm just there to support as a parent. So it's really nice. I think that's what frustrated a lot of parents last year was um, that they felt like they had to be watching very carefully and, and what was going on. What, what um, how does this school differ from homeschooling? I don't have a lot of experience with homeschooling, but my, my guess is that, you know, it's a lot less hands-on, at least for me as a parent. Um, the curriculum is already set out. Um, the teachers are there to help and always available. Bryn would text and call her teachers, ask them to text and call her teachers if they needed help on anything or needed to meet with them or had questions about assignments. Um, and really, I was just there to make sure that they were actually, you know, sitting in front of their computer and getting their assignments done and, and that sort of thing. But um, I didn't have to teach any lessons or or anything like that, um, that was all done by their their teachers. So girls, when you, um, like if you're in school for like say, you know, an hour or online for an hour, how much time do you have to work on your own um, to get your assignments done and stuff like that? Um, I think it, I'm not really sure what it's like for elementary school, but in middle school, at the beginning of the day, we get assigned um, so many lessons and most of those lessons you work on by yourself until you have what we call a live lesson, but it's just a video meeting where we meet with our teachers and sometimes they help us through lessons, sometimes they don't. We just talk about um, what's been going on in the unit, but most of the time it's um, work by yourself. So it's very like self-regulated and you can decide how much you want to do that day. And then you go and meet with your teachers. So most of the time it's by yourself, but if you need help from your teachers, you just contact them and you go do a little video lesson, they help you with it, so. And Brent, what about in elementary school? Um, you're assigned a couple of lessons, not very many, not as much as middle school. Um, but you just finish your some of your lessons and that's usually by your own unless there's something complicated and you need help. 
Um, and then you go into the live lesson. So what is this a good option for a five-year-old who has a hard time sitting still? This Maybe is not. I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's a tough question. Uh, Bryn's nine and Addison's 13. So I, that's, I think, you know, most parents know their kids well enough to know whether or not they'd be able to do online school or if they actually need to be in there in person. But Jim, you guys are pretty professional at dealing with, um, and I'm not saying, uh, who is it here? Andrea, that um, your child's on the spectrum or anything like that. But a lot of kids with learning difficulties like that, I was that way. It's like, you know, it was hard, but you special, you guys kind of specialize in that. I mean, with kids, because you, you give them their assignment, but you work with them. Talk to me about that. Yeah, we do. And traditionally, pre-COVID, you know, most of our kids had some something going on that led them to our school. The brick and mortar wasn't working for them for, for a variety of reasons. And to to go to the to the littles, so I am kind of a K2 specialist, kindergarten through second. I, like I said, doing second grade this year. And, you know, the kinders are challenging in any uh, any venue, I mean, you know, five, six-year-old kids are, you know, herding monkeys half the time. Um, and, you know, our kinders, kinder teachers are amazing that we have. And they, you know, the, the lessons they teach, just like a good kinder teacher in a brick and mortar, they're little pieces. You're not asking a kinder to sit there for, you know, an hour and do anything, right? So they're great at kind of keeping them moving from pace to pace and, uh, you do need when you get you know kinder first second grade in there there is a lot more parent involvement right there just has to be you know there's more of the the parent guiding them through the lessons as opposed to you know older kids like they have that that can be a lot more self-directed um but yeah five that's young right six for kinder isn't it but uh but yeah, we do. That's we we have a lot of kids with uh, ADHD issues. A very common reason that they come to our school uh, traditionally, um, as well as anxiety and spectrum and and uh, uh, things like that. So yeah, and and of course we have a full sped department. So if we do have kids that need that have special needs, we have a full sped department, just like a regular you know a brick and mortar school would as well for for extra support. So. So someone writes on here, a lot of kids aren't even logging in. These kids aren't getting educated. Many kids don't have a parent at home to supervise. Yeah, so so with with us, like I said, we're a public school, so you have to come to school, right? <laughs> That's the law, right? And so we know if they're logging in or not, they're not logging. I see everything that my kids do on their computers. I know how long they're doing each lesson. I know what they're doing. I know their scores. I know what time they log in, what time they log off, what time. We see, the teachers see everything, right? And a lot of families aren't, and students, I see some dirty looks up there, aren't aware that, yeah, that we know what you're doing. Um, and so just like a brick and mortar, if you don't come for so many days, you're automatically withdrawn. Just like if you're down the street at your school and you don't come to school for for a couple of weeks with no excuses and no, you're withdrawn. Um, and then that's truancy and the state can get involved and, and all that. So with our school, my kids have to come to my classes every day unless they have an excuse. Um, you know, that just like a, a normal school. So I know that login issue in, in, in the public school when they just started it. And again, 
they didn't have the resources and the training and yeah you know, I, I don't it's not the teacher's fault that that things like that happen but yeah i know there were issues with that um so jim us. okay so and i don't know if you can address this there's a whole conversation going on here um, about how districts only have to release a certain number of people to a charter school and some parents are putting their name in and they're not getting it um, they're being told no and then they have to homeschool can you address any of that I, I mean it's a lot of people commenting and i'm if i give it to you that way can you comment on that yeah i know the basics of it and i know so school districts uh once three percent of the kids uh leave in that school district to go to a charter school the, the district doesn't have to release anymore right they can say no if you request you know we want to go to willamette connections academy and they've got that three percent they can say no um you can then escalate it to to the state and say hey here's why we want to go that was never really a problem until covid um some districts are very cool and they're like, okay, if that's what's best for your kid, you know, it's, it's superintendent level people doing this. It's not the teachers and the schools because most teachers want what's best for all our kids. And if they see a kid's not succeeding in their classroom and the family's like, we think there's a better option. Most teachers and principals are going to say, yeah, let's try that. I want what's best for your kid. And if it's, and I've had this conversation with, with my families before, when they weren't succeeding in our school. I've had the conversation multiple times that this may not be the best for you. Let's, you know, what is best for your kid? Um, but, but yeah, school districts can do that. And I know, know several are at the 3% or above. Um, well, that's not, I mean, and I'm not asking you, I'm just making a comment. That's not right. I mean, I realize they're covering their butt, but you know, if you have a kid and you want the best for them and we have this emergency situation, it seems to me, Rick Dancer, on my own, this has nothing to do with the Willamette Connections Academy or what they believe, but it seems to me that the district should be have to, to kind of bend a little. If, if I want to send my kid to your school because you guys know how to do this, um, I should have that right to be able to do that. And please don't comment because I don't want you guys to get in trouble. Um, but that's just wrong um, in my mind. And, and I don't think if I was a parent and that was happening to me, I would push and push and push and push because what I want every parent out there to remember is the school districts work for you. You pay them. It is your tax dollars that go into that school and you have the right to send your child to any kind of school you want to. And especially in an emergency situation, which the governor has put on us, that if you if your school saying no, I would not take no for an answer. And I would push it to the nth degree and go to the school board meeting and talk to them and say, this is what I want to do. And this is my kid. And that's how I would bring, that's what I would do with it. And again, this is not a reflection of Willamette Connections Academy. Um, they're not paying for this show, but we have a ton of parents on here concerned about that. And that is just garbage. And that does not stand up. And if the school districts can't manage to do this the way a professional group can, then you get to take your kid and send them to the most professional organization and place that you can because they're your children and they're our future. So you get to do that. So I would push it, my friends. 
Um, okay, now we'll get back to you guys. I'm sorry to, to drag you into that little mess right there, but that's what I do because this is Get Real with Rick Dancer. And I am so tired of some of this stuff. And, and, I, and especially people, we don't understand the power that we do have. These people do work for us. So do you, Jim, when, when the online thing has gotten so much bad press from people and parents because they experienced this in, in the brick and mortar public online schools, <laughs> this is so complicated. Um, can you give me like a parting, just a parting word on why this, this kind of when organizations have it, like what you guys are doing, why this works so much better and um, not than public schools, but that this is, this is a real option where they'll get their, they'll get their friends, they'll get things together. They're going to get their education, even though it may be in a different way since we have this mask mandate and the COVID problem. Sure. And I guess I could preface, preface it by saying I've been in education for 25 years or so. Um, and so I've taught in my local public school districts and I've taught private school, public school. I've taught at the university level um, and, and I've been doing this. This will be my eighth year uh, in Oregon as an online teacher. And, you know, if you've got an engaged learning coach, a parent, um, this is the best model for education I've ever seen. So I taught first grade uh, for my first four years as an online teacher and we get our kids ideally, you know, they know the alphabet, they know the sounds of the letters, right? Maybe they can do cat dog kind of a thing. Do you guys still focus on reading, writing and arithmetic? Of course, yeah. <laughs> reading, writing, arithmetic, three R's. But, uh, but I would get my first graders at about that level where you kind of want them. And by the end of the first grade, the majority of them were reading at, at the third grade level. They were fluent readers, which is the national and state goal is fluent, fluent reading by the end of third grade. I'd have my kids there at the end of first grade, um, wow. almost all of them. I mean, it, it's just because there's, there's not 35 kids running around. The teacher's not stop poking him now. You know, it's so much easier to teach to one or two and, and like the students that are, that are here today, there's no distractions, right? They can focus. They're not, you know, not worrying about all the other stuff going on around them. Um, so it is just, it's a remarkable, and it's not, and I saw one of them up there say, we're rural and our, our internet's down all the time. Hey, you've got to have good internet, right? Um, and so that, that can be an issue. If in someone I saw mention, you know, both parents working and it's a younger kid, well, that can't work either. Right. There are ways around there are pods. There are some other ways to do it, but there are some drawbacks and it doesn't work for every family. It's not the solution for every family. How do they get a hold of you, Jim, to find out more about this? If they if parents want to find out more about Willamette Connections Academy. Uh, well, Google Willamette Connections Academy. I've got the, the website over here somewhere. It's uh, Willamette Connections academy.com um so somebody also susan beals on here said to a lot of people um the lane education service district has released many who found their school districts would not release their child so go to lane esd if you're having problems with your school district uh releasing your child to go to a, one of these other schools um, these charter schools and um, they might be able to help you there melanie and your daughters um so one last part, this is work. This is, this is kind of an answer to some concerns for you last year. Yeah, absolutely. 
and it's and it's worked. It hasn't been a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's worked really well. I mean, both of the girls um, ended up on the the principals list on honor roll. Um, it was really cool because they kind of do um, a skills assessment at the beginning, and so they placed them in classes like. Bryn was able to take a little bit higher level math class, um, a little bit higher level reading class, even though she, you know, she's still just in elementary school. So they kind of cater some of the classes to their skill level as well, which is really nice. So I feel like they're, they've not fallen behind. Like I feared that they would in another situation. Jim, how's this different? Is Oregon Connections Academy another organization? So Oregon Connections Academy is uh kind of a sister school of ours that just started mid-year last year to try and meet the demand of, of all the people looking for uh, uh, for online schooling. So a similar program? Yeah, very similar. Okay. Yeah. All right. You guys, thank you so much for taking your time uh, to come on here. Ladies, you're, uh, you seem very adjusted. You know what I mean? You seem like smart young ladies. And um, you need to tell me about your track real fast. Like you're, I mean, I heard, you know, that you're like awesome. And I saw some video. So can you guys really quickly tell me about that? Because I don't want to get let you get out of here without, I mean, you may be like the next superstar. And I want to be able to say, I knew them first. And oh, by the way, since you were on my show, any money you make in track and field, 10% goes right to Mr. Dancer. <laughs> right off the top renegotiate <laughs> so tell me about your track just just so people know um so i started track i believe a year ago because i quit gymnastics and i was looking for something else to do during covid because gymnastics and covid is not very easy um track was kind of limited it's been limited for covid um there's not a whole lot of track clubs open not a whole lot of places that we can get trained but we've made We've made do with it. We've been practicing at um, Raising the Bar Pole Vault Club, and currently we don't have a uh, facility because this summer we lost it to a lease, and actually I don't know the whole situation. Lost it to a marijuana shop. We lost it to a marijuana <laughs> shop that moved in right next door and kicked us out because they didn't want us around that, and so we're going into indoor season, and we don't have a place to go. But Brent and I have made do with the whole thing, um, we just went to state and burned one first in high jump and I got first in high jump and pole vault and then I made it on the nationals in Florida and I got first in the new PR and the uh, national jail meet record. So it's been going pretty well despite the struggle, but that's another thing is if anybody out there has a facility. <laughs> she's trying to, to <laughs> she's trying to set a national record by the end of the year before she gets bumped into the next age group. Okay, so let's put this out there. So you need a space, how big? Give me an idea, because there's there's business people out here. So you're looking um, for a just pitch it, girl. Very very high ceilings. <laughs> yeah, high ceilings is the um, important thing. I'd assume around seventeen to twenty feet ceilings. Okay. Seventeen to twenty foot ceilings. Um, probably around a hundred feet wide. It's a pretty big, pretty big program, but um, it'd be very nice if somebody out there had. And you'll back you'll vacuum and take care of it and all that. Yep. <laughs> we have pole vault pits too. Yeah. Oh, so, so okay, so that's what they're looking for. Um, real quick, Jim, one last question. Where does uh, uh where's the IP question? IEP. Oh, I lost it. 
Oh, I think I saw it, and it was just what what do they do with students with IEPs? Yes. Um, yeah. So, like I said, we have a we have a full SPED department, a special education department. Um, so, whatever accommodations you need with IEPs, and and many 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 of our students have them. Um, we work them into you know some aren't uh, relevant to online schooling. Um, some are so. Uh, we uh, accommodate whatever the accommodations are are in the IEP. So we're uh, very, very used to working working with IEPs. Okay. All right, you guys, thank you so much for being here. Um, ladies, good luck with your center. And if you want to, you can go on the, on, the, on the comment section. You girls know how to do this. And just put your a way for people to get a hold of you that your mom will approve of, um, okay. like a page or something, that if some business person out there has a space that they're willing to let you use, just put that on there for the space, okay? Okay. And, and then Jim and anybody else from the school watching, if there's any questions people have or comments and you want to go on there and, and make a comment or answer their question or something like that, feel free to do that because that helps other people have that conversation. Okay. Sure. Yeah. I'm happy to answer any questions anyone's got. So, all right. Thank you both, all four of you for being here. Um, I'm going to pull you out. You're welcome. You guys see you later. Thank so you. there you go. Ah, you're welcome. So there you go again. Uh, you guys sponsored by Chris Dental Family Dentistry. If you're looking for a dentist who cares about the community, who really cares a lot about open conversation, uh, diversity, um, everyone having a voice, uh, Dr. Michael Bratlin is your man. He's my dentist and a lot of our dentists. And um, he's not afraid to stand up for what he believes in, and we shouldn't either be. Um, you know, and like I said, if, you're, if your schools... Um, are, are denying that, go to ESD. And if that doesn't work, go back to the board and say, this is what I want you to do and push the issue. It's your school. It's your money. They work for you and you have the right to get your kid where they're going to get the best education, especially after what you went through last year. Uh, that is your right um, um, as a citizen of our state. And don't let them tell you it's not. All right, I'm Rick Dancer. Tomorrow night, we're going to be having a little fun. We're going to be downtown Springfield on Friday. There's a big bash downtown Springfield celebrating all the changes that have gone on down there. Put on by David Lovell from five to nine. But Derek Roser Realty is going to, we're going to go down and talk to Bart from Planktown. We're going to talk to David Lovell, who's been uh, responsible. He and his group have been responsible for really making that street uh, kind of pick up pace. And uh, Derek is going to give away $200 worth of gift cards to, um, to Planktown. Uh, so you'll have to tune in and find out how you can get some of those. Um, if you have other parents, if you guys would, one of the things you can do to be like a co-producer of mine is share this on your page um, so that other parents, they might just pop on your page and all of a sudden, you don't know, they haven't said anything, that they're really looking for something for their children because uh, they don't want them to mask. And so they may come on your page and see this and it'd be a service to them. And it helps us as well to get the message out to people and the academy and other kids. All right. I'll see you tomorrow night, five o'clock. Have a great night. Um, yeah, this is what it's all about, guys. This is community.